0: Hello, welcome to the New Books Network. This is a Literary Studies podcast, and I'm Natalia, one of the hosts on the channel. Today I will be speaking with uh, Laura Lee, the author of Oscar's Ghost, The Battle for Oscar Wilde's Legacy. Hello, Laura. Hello. It's very nice to have you with us today. Thank you. So would you tell us a little bit about your publication, about this project?
1: Yeah, I started working on it, well, I started... My interest in the subject began about six years ago, and I started doing the preliminary research um, at that point, um, although I didn't know that it was for a book. I just became very interested. Um, I I had read Oscar Wilde's De Profundis, um, which I downloaded in an e-version. Um, and the version that I read was a public domain version, which was uh, the 1905 or 1908 version which was edited. So when I learned about the, the full version's existence um, I looked it up and uh, it was a letter that Oscar Wilde had written in prison uh, to his lover, Lord Alfred Douglas. And it also was an essay on his philosophical thoughts and his views on art and how he had been uh, transformed by prison. Um, and the part that was a letter was very cutting, and it surprised me because it contrasted so much with uh, the published part. And so I, I wanted to know what Lord Alfred Douglas thought about the whole thing, and I started reading Douglas's biographies, and I learned about his fight with Oscar Wilde's friend and later literary executor, Robert Ross. And so I wondered, well, what did Robert Ross have to say about all this? So I started reading biographies on him, and I just uh, kept digging because I felt like everything that had been written about this dispute was uh, from a biography, so it was kind of partisan. It was taking the view of Douglas or taking the view of Ross or uh, celebrating Wilde at the expense of Uh, someone else and so I just wanted to see if I could figure out what happened and uh, you know how this evolved and why they were locked in in such a dispute for so long.
0: And why Oscar Wilde? Um, Is it somehow connected with your um, uh, current interests or current occupation? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well I'm a full-time writer so I do a
1: lot of Random reading. I like to go and wander the library, you know, to clear my head. Just taking books off the shelf. So when I got my first Kindle and needed something to download, and I was looking for something free and in the public domain, I thought, well, Oscar Wilde, that sounds interesting. Um, so I was familiar with his society comic comedies. I was familiar with Oscar Wilde as a wit and, uh, you know, a, a guy who uttered lots of one-liners and the basics of his life story. But um, De Profundis is a different side of Oscar Wilde, and uh, I I really responded to it. So that led me off on on this journey.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, the subtitle of your book is The Battle for Oscar Wilde's Legacy. So what was this battle about? At some level, your uh, book reads as a detective story because it's very, very detailed and it covers a lot of um, nuances. So um will you um, outline a little bit this main conflict because um, as I read your book I felt like there are a lot of conflicts actually <laughs> there uh, on a personal level on the professional level on the legal level yeah well it's it's a biography
1: uh, people come to it through through Oscar so Oscar's ghost is um, basically the legacy of Oscar Wilde and how these two friends of his dealt with his death and their grief over his death and their role in what they did and didn't do. Um, and Robert Ross and Lord Alfred Douglas had been very good friends. Um, they, but they had a lot of differences. They had a lot of similarities too. People tend to play them in contrast, but they had a lot of similarities. They lived the same kind of life up to the time that Oscar Wilde went to jail. Um, and, when Oscar Wilde got out of jail, he gave the document he'd written in prison to Robert Ross um, because he handled a lot of his business. He was very responsible in that way, helped him a lot. And he wanted him to type it up so that he could work from it and you know, make, make um, different writings from it going forward. And he wanted him to send the original to uh, Lord Alfred Douglas. And uh, that didn't happen. And uh, over the years, um, Ross and Douglas drifted apart, mostly because of politics. Um, But once they became estranged, um, Ross decided that he wanted to first publish um, parts of De Profundis, which he considered his property. Um, And then he wanted to kind of set the record straight, as he saw it, about Oscar Wilde's downfall. And what caused it? And so he started sharing letters and sharing De Profundis with biographers. Um, and when Douglas discovered this through reading a biography that Ross had assisted on, it just blew up. And um, they spent the rest of their lives, the rest of Robert Ross's life, because he died much earlier, just locked in a furious conflict over De Profundis, over their shared history over what Oscar Wilde really thought about his relationship with Lord Alfred Douglas. Um, So there were lots and lots of elements to it. And um, I liked the story because they're all very complex characters, and I I don't see any simple heroes and villains in the
0: story. Mm -hmm. How how so? Well, you mentioned that... uh, uh... Uh, these three uh, characters, so to speak, um, are quite different and they quite similar as well. Uh, how did they become drawn to each other? And it looks like writing drove them apart. But um, will it be correct to assume that they that they were drawn uh, to each other via writing as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, my my theory. Um on their attraction to Oscar Wilde was, first of all, Wilde was a very brilliant man and a brilliant conversationalist. He wasn't a beautiful, physically, man, um, but each of them was was attracted to his his persona, his personality, his intelligence, and both uh, Robbie and Bozy, as they were called by their friends, um, were fatherless, in a sense. Um, Bosie had his father, but he had a very difficult relationship with him. And Ross had lost his father very early. And Oscar Wilde was quite a bit older. And he mentored them, and he taught them about art, and he gave them a philosophy of life that was very positive, where being different and an outsider... And exploring that difference and being free to explore that difference was a positive, And all that mattered was art. So I think he was a very exciting figure for them. And they both fell in love with him. And they both were inspired by him in art as well. Uh,
0: well, uh, in your uh, book, you mentioned something about Troby and Bozyn. Roby was used to relating to older people and was intellectually self assured beyond his years. Bosey, by contrast, was still immature. And then a little bit um, further, uh, you um, bring up uh, the connection between Oscar and uh, Walter Pater and the Walter Pater's uh, influence on Oscar. So I thought that this combination is quite, um, is quite interesting because uh, uh, it shows Oscar as uh, someone uh, who um, connects um, Roby and Bosie. Yeah,
1: I think that Oscar was uh, attracted
0: to each of these friends
1: for different reasons, and um, they now Robbie, besides being kind of a responsible person and a caregiver and um, a very mature, um, he he was also someone who was attracted to colorful personalities and and difficult people, and um, he he could clash with people also, um, and Bozy was. Kind of a free spirit. He was aristocratic, so he um, had a lot of freedom to to do what he wanted, and um, you know, people would allow him to get away with things, and um, so he didn't he didn't have to grow up. And I think that uh, Oscar had well, he had responsibilities. He was a married man. He was trying to make a living uh, through his writing, and. He admired this idea of just following your passion and burning with a gem-like flame. And Bosey kind of represented that for him. And I think together, these three friends and their wider circle of friends could just encourage each other, first from talking about the philosophy of um, going and living life to the fullest, and then living it out. A bit and encouraging each other to live it out um, so so they they got into some scrapes together
0: so would you agree that uh, this relationship um, involved a lot of manipulation especially when uh, Oscar Wilde was imprisoned
1: uh, manipulation from from Ross to Douglas right, or, right. it's it's difficult to know. I mean, I some of the biographers who wrote um, biographies of, of Lord Alfred Douglas, uh, who spoke to him and were influenced by him, uh, came to the conclusion that Robert Ross was kind of manipulating the situation to uh, turn Oscar Wilde against Bosie. Um, I don't think that that's... True. I think that he was acting as an intermediary, and I think that he and Bosie were good friends at that point. Um, they occasionally had arguments, but friends of both Ross and Douglas tended to have arguments with them periodically. Um, and after Lord Alfred Douglas went back to England, after uh, Oscar Wilde got out of prison, he spent most of his time at Robert Ross's house. So, um, I don't think that at that time Ross was trying to mess up their relationship. I just think that the that the difficulty of prison um, made Oscar Wilde reflect on what had brought him there and go back over this relationship with Bosie um, yeah. and just ruminate.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that... Um um, the prison experience for uh, Oscar Wilde was transformative. Um, would you um, would you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, it was
1: um, while he was in prison. Um, he uh, he had been brought to prison because uh, Lord Alfred Douglas's father, Lord Queensbury, had been determined to separate them, and um, so he basically stalked Wilde until he felt he had to bring him to court and he sued him for libel. And that boomeranged and led to Oscar Wilde, um, being tried for gross indecency and going to jail. So, uh, when he was in jail, he kept thinking back to all of this and he thought back to his relationship with Bosie and Bosie's emotional ups and downs. And, uh, like you would, because he was essentially in solitary confinement, he wondered, you know, was it worth it? Was was this relationship worth what happened? And he reflected on that. He had been humiliated when going to his bankruptcy hearings. He had lost everything financially. So his thoughts turned to money a lot. And um, so you can read in De Profundis, he keeps kind of circling back to these same themes. And so he was growing more and more negative about Douglas while he was sitting in jail. But, um, That changed when he got out they he was determined to reunite with Bosie and even in De Profundis it's clear that he sees his future with him so you have to kind of read the his negative thoughts on their past um, in context
0: and uh, what about um, um, Oscar Wilde's wife what what was her role in this kind of turmoil well, I think that um, Oscar
1: was uh, genuinely uh, devoted to his family um, in the way that a, a man of his era would be. Uh, even for heterosexual people in that time, it it wasn't, men weren't expected to have their primary relationship, their main friendship, um, their source of companionship be their wife. Um, the, the, they kind of occupied separate spheres, men and women. And so I don't think. That he saw marriage and family as incompatible with um, being devoted to Bosie or having this secret uh, homosexual life in quite the way we would
0: now. So, well, then uh, going back to um, uh, Oscar Wilde's um, a letter that he wrote in prison, um, *De Profundis*. What is it about this letter that um, probably upset the participants of the conflict? Well, it, it, it upset uh,
1: Bosey certainly because it was very critical of him. Um, it was a very scathing indictment of his personality, um, his his mood swings, um, his actions in their relationship. And um, up until the time that Bosey read the full document, which didn't happen until years after Oscar's death, uh, the things he was proudest of in his life were how he had stood by Oscar Wilde during his ordeal, um, his, his talent for poetry, and his role as a muse and an inspiration for Oscar Wilde. And De Profundis kind of attacks all of those things. And it happened, he, he learned about it at a time when he couldn't ask Oscar about it anymore. He, they, he couldn't answer it. Um, so it was emotionally devastating for
0: him. What issues does this letter address uh, in terms of uh, um, Oscar Wilde's uh, emotional probably collapse or uh, some sort of transformation as well? Well, um, Robbie received the document
1: and he, I think, believed it more literally um, after Oscar got out of jail and he wrote letters to Robbie for a variety of reasons. He wrote much more negatively about Bosey to Robbie than he did to other people. And part of it was that he had this, um, emotional relationship with Robbie. I think he, he wanted to minimize his love for Bosie to Robbie. Um, part of it was that Robbie was acting as an intermediary between Oscar and his family, respectable society, the, the lawyers. And so he wanted to present himself as uh, a bit more reformed um, than he was. And um, so I think it it suited Robbie to believe De Profundis um, a bit more literally, especially in light of the other letters that Oscar, Oscar wrote him. And um, so he believed that Oscar... Was always trying to get away from Bosie. That that it was Bosie who was pushing himself on Oscar, and that Oscar was um, worried about getting getting back together with him. And um, De Profundis really blames Lord Alfred Doug- Douglas in a singular way for his downfall. And prior to prior to that prior to that letter being made public, as as Robbie did by giving it to biographers, Uh, people tended to blame Oscar Wilde's circle of friends in the plural for egging him on both uh, to extremes of behavior and in his lawsuit against Queensbury. So um, whether it was, whether he knew, you know, whether it was conscious or whether it was just that 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 view of things appealed to him, um, he really promoted this idea that it was only Bosie's fault um and that and that minimized the actions of his other friends.
0: So it looks like um this battle involves not just uh, uh, literary legacy, uh, but some sort of uh, emotional legacy as well and um it sheds some li- uh, light on uh some relationships uh, that um developed um in the course of this uh in interaction so and uh it sheds light uh, not only on uh, literary scene but on social scene and political scene um so would you uh, touch upon those like socio political uh, conflicts that this conflict um, probably highlights or reflects
1: well when when Robbie and Bosey were young um, they they weren't too involved in in politics beyond kind of promoting the cause which was um, I guess today we would call it something like gay liberation mm-hmm. although it was quite quite different but they they were excited about art and philosophy and the things that young men are excited about. And as they grew older, they got more involved in in society and politics, and uh, their differences started to come out. Um, Lord Alfred Douglas was always conservative. Um, He was born an aristocrat. He liked the social structure as it was. He liked his position in society, and he didn't want things to change. He viewed that as um, decay. And Robbie, on the other hand, he was a member of the Reform Club. He was um, involved with uh, people who were more um, liberal, who were uh, bohemian. And um, so he, they they completely differed in that regard. And, it, and Bozy, as he started to get position and become an editor of an of a arts journal, um, he would – being very unyielding about his opinion. He was always unyielding about his opinions, <laughs> but they would clash on on politics. And um, Bozzi eventually decided to uh, convert to Catholicism, and he became very serious about that, and um, he would sort of moralize because he had the truth, and um, that became more pronounced after their feud started. But those were the seeds of what what drew them
0: apart, and uh, what eventually caused their their clash. Uh, There is a lot of uh, traveling in this story. Uh, They move around uh, Europe and um, further. So, um, as I mentioned uh, earlier, um, your book... um, is based on a lot of details and out of these details uh, we can reconstruct not only the story about um, Oscar Wilde um, and uh, his two uh, partners but about uh, um, Europe of uh, his time and about London of his time it, 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 it uh, uh, evokes some images of a cityscape so to speak so how would you describe that cityscape um in the context of this conflict. Well,
1: I think at the beginning of the story, um, the, the British Empire was coming, it was reaching its peak. Uh, London was the, essentially the center of the civilized world. So it was drawing all kinds of people. Um, people who lived in rural areas of England were coming to make their fortunes. There were lots of immigrants um, And so it was very cosmopolitan, I think, for these young people around Oscar Wilde. It seemed like anything was possible. And um, for the aristocracy, Bozzi's social class, um, as they moved into the the early part of the 20th century, the aristocracy was losing its power, losing its influence and prestige, uh, and losing its money, Uh, whereas... The, the middle classes represented by by Robert Ross was gaining prominence um, and so they were on different trajectories socially and, and London was on a different you know for depending on what class you were in um, it, it had a different feel of whether things were uh, growing and becoming exciting and opening up possibilities or whether things were constricting and falling apart um, so those influenced how those two men and how
0: those two friends saw the world. So uh, some some sense of crisis is very cute. Yeah, there was, um,
1: certainly within Bosey's class, there was a sense of crisis and a sense of things falling apart. And um, I think for those who were inside that bubble, it seemed very unfair and there had to be some external force that was upsetting the natural order of things. And um, so... You know, Bosie turned more and more towards um, what we, I guess, call extreme right wing views in his later life.
0: So and um, <clears throat> what about um, that uh, financial uh, crisis part that contributed to um, Oscar Wilde's um, um, uh, 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 turmoil? Um, so he he was struggling financially like constantly. And, uh, things got even worse when he had some sort of financial and legal disagreement with his wife. Uh, but, uh, after his imprisonment, um, that sort of, uh, uh, crucial impact was probably augmented even more so.
1: Yeah, he was, he was being supported by his wife, uh, after he got out of prison, um, he always was a big spender. he always lived beyond his means if he had money he spent it uh, he liked the best things in life uh, if he could get them uh, and if he couldn't <laughs> he would get them on credit or get people to give him money um, but he lost everything when he went into jail his he uh he went bankrupt and um, but his his he had a marriage settlement with his wife uh, and there's a big conflict um, which is very detailed and um, about Robert Ross and uh, negotiating this settlement. Mm -hmm. Um, But the result of that negotiation was that um, the, the lawyers saw fit to say that if Oscar Wilde associated with disreputable persons, he would lose that money from his wife. Now, to us now, it just seems absurd that he would think that he could go and live with his male lover while being supported by his wife. But Oscar was determined that by rights, she should do that. Um, So when he was reunited with Bosie and went and lived with him, he he was just outraged that the lawyers said that that constituted a breach of the agreement and that she wasn't going to pay. And no one wanted these two to get back together. They were you know, they were scandalized by the idea the British ambassador even came and told them that England disapproved of them living together. Um, so Bosey's family also tried to starve them out, and he also lived mostly on family money and the generosity of, of his mother. Uh, but he was he was contributing, Bozzi was contributing more money. He had a larger income. But in, in any event, um, both sides... Tried to cut off their funds to force them to separate, and uh, eventually they did. They stopped living together, although they continued to see each other, and sometimes they saw each other every day. And um, they might as well have been living together, but that satisfied terms of the agreement, and uh, Oscar got his 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 allowance back. Um, but he still was always broke, uh, even though he was he did uh, have some. Literary success with uh, the Ballad of Reading Jail. Um, he shouldn't have been that broke, but even after jail, he, he would spend anything that came through his fingers. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, in, in your book, um, it looks like uh, you um, a- attempt to um, present this um, a conflict from many sides: from Oscar Wilde's, from um, Ross's, from Douglas's. Uh, but uh, at the beginning of this. Um, uh, interview, you uh, mentioned that you also read some other biographies, and uh, I'm wondering how those biographies shaped um, not just the conflict but your understanding of the conflict as well. Because they were biographies of
1: either Robert Ross or Lord Alfred Douglas, uh, the authors obviously they're taking their point of view to a large extent, and they're trying to explain uh, what they thought and how how they reacted. Um, so. What I found is that um, most, most, most biographers and uh, whether of Wilde or Ross or Douglas tended to have sympathy with one or the other um, and they would be critical of the other. And you can, you, in a sense, have to kind of uh, translate that and say, OK, what would the neutral version of this be? Um, so I tried to understand what was motivating each of them as much as I could and just present what each was thinking. Um, it, Bose, it was very easy because he wrote a lot and he talked a lot about his feelings. Whereas mm-hmm. Robert Ross was, um, a very private person. Um, but with, by seeing what happened, the things that he did say and just trying to recreate through various court files, um, what actions were taken, and what could be proven and um, so there's a lot of he said he said mm-hmm. uh, in the story, and so i you can't believe the account of either of them at face value, um, so as much as I could, I'd say, well, you know which version has more documentation and more evidence in on this point and and sometimes the the parts of the story. That have kind of been agreed on um, I found uh, weren't very well documented or um, if you look at them in, in context they lead to a different conclusion than some people have made about them
0: So uh, you mentioned that um, you got interested in this uh, uh, aspect of Oscar Wilde's uh, legacy after reading The Profundes um, Could you uh, share with us your experience? <sighs> Well, at the the time,
1: um, I had, I had written a, a novel called Angel, uh, which was about a minister who, um, falls in love with a young man and, uh, it, it upsets his, his kind of worldview. Um, so a lot of, a lot of the, the conflict, um, you know, about having a, a love that is, um, uh looked down on by society was fresh in my mind and some of the religious themes as well. Um, I was reading a lot about, um, Christianity and, and sort of, um, gay friendly, uh, interpretations of scripture and things like that. And so I was really, um, taken by Oscar Wilde's, uh, philosophy of Christ as artist and what he had to say about, about outcasts and, um, the the sort of wisdom that you can get from being in that position of being you know outside looking in, um, and uh, and it's of course very well written and has lots of um, lots of lines that just kind of uh, transport you in terms of how he uses language. Um, so I was really excited about. It. I read it and thought you know I want more. Um, and when I discovered there was more, I got very excited. Um, but at first, when I read the more that there was, it, it was kind of shocking to me because, you know, he says things to uh, his lover like, you know, you never think that uh, you were worth the love that I showed you. I knew you were not. And that just seemed so harsh and, and um, kind of cruel. And so that was what led me to say, well, you know, what, what was this relationship why is he unloading on this on this guy and um, you know how did he feel about what was being said there mm-hmm. so that was what kick started it all
0: mm-hmm. well thank you thank you for sharing your um experience with us and um is your current work somehow um connected with with this project
1: um well my current work is um i'm I'm working on trying to sell uh, a follow-up book um, because one of the characters who's kind of a side character in Oscar's Ghost, um, I discovered a lot of material, Um, Maurice Schwab is his name and he was part of this international uh, criminal circle who were gentlemen con men who went on ships and found aristocrats to con at cards and to blackmail and uh, all sorts of things and became spies. Um, so it was really fascinating, but it was kind of beyond the scope of this book. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that I might be able to find some interest in that. So it's very related.
0: Well, uh, thank you so much for your um, interesting book and uh, for a very uh, detailed investigation of the conflict and uh, some insightful uh, input uh, into the understanding of what actually happened and... Um, um, and well, I wish you um, the best of luck on your um, new project and um, thank you so much for this uh, for this conversation today. Thank you.